Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. I'd like to welcome you all to the final episode of 2020. This is our New Year's Eve Eve episode. And with 2020 being the dumpster fire that it was, what better way to do it, the Talking Terror way, than to kick that fucking thing over and present you with the ghoul's pick of the week, which is Ooga Booga from 2013 and directed by Charles Band. It's a full moon feature, so you know it's got fucking quality stamped all over it. We're going to be talking about that later on in the show, as we always do. But first and foremost, the presenter of today's pick, the bold and the beautiful, the Go Geek Keith. What <laughs> the fuck is up, everybody? What is going on tonight? 2020 is going out with a bang. We are just fucking pissing all over 2020 tonight with this one. Strap in, boys and girls, so we, we talk about this feature uh, later on in the show. But that's the way we do it. I mean, 2020 sucks, so let's go out with a fucking boom and present the most obnoxious movie we could think of. And this is the one. I think we, we nailed it. I think great job. You know, I think we're But we are also joined by the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Moore's Day. Yeah, let's get fucking with it. Yeah, keeping it funky, keeping it fresh. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we bring you the best goddamn hard podcast there is in all of the land. So that's right, listen live, listen on iTunes, listen on Spotify, listen on Blog Talk. We don't really care. Just make sure you fucking listen. We're out there. We're here for you. <laughs> There's no reason not to listen. What's up, motherfucker? Hi, <laughs> monkey. Hi, dude. Not that one. We're going to be talking about that. Boogity, but we're joined by the very astute, the very educated, the very opinionated, demonic team, everybody. Uh, yes. That is correct. Good evening. Welcome to the, the final, the very last, the final show of this year, year 2020. A year that we will look back on in the future with great fondness, if you will, uh, <laughs> as we as we close out 2020 here uh, in talking terror style. Just uh, you know, we're just a few, really, if you think about it, in the grand scheme, a few short hours away from turning the chapter of everyone complaining about 2020 uh, to begin complaining about 2021. I look forward to a great anticipation. <laughs> You're insane. You know what's going to happen is midnight's going to strike tomorrow and the fucking clocks and the calendars are all going to reveal December 32nd, 2020. This year is just never going to end. A year that never ends. <laughs> then Rod Serling steps out and just gives a monologue about how it's just a year that never ends. <laughs> speaking of I... 2020, and uh, it's been such a special year, a year of 
uh, fun, a year of pandemics, a year of politics, a year of music, and a year of film. And as the year has wound down, uh, I have started to look at different lists out there in the world and examine what people think uh, are the, the best of the year. And I feel that tonight's episode, uh, there's no better place to start this episode uh, than to talk to the man uh, who has a lot of lists, uh, a man who uh, has Check over 50 twice. films, a man that has over 50 films on his top 20 of all time list. Uh, I would like to hear the top, the top <laughs> horror films of 2020 from our very own King of Horror, Andy G. Sure. Uh, I will get into it. I do have a couple honorable mentions. But, yes, I wanted to do a top ten, but I watched so many fucking movies this year, and really I could only keep thinking back to five. That really blew me away, and I had to make it onto my list. I know a lot of people I've seen put these movies on there, but here you go, guys. A quick rundown of the top five, and then maybe if we have time, we'll get your top five, though, how about before we get to the top five, you said you had some honorable mentions. So how about you start with the honorable mentions? I think the honorable mentions is a good place to start before we move to the top five. Yeah. All right. So honorable mention number one would be Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg, son of body horror pro David Cronenberg. It's about a female assassin who possesses people's bodies in order to drive their own deaths. That is the way of her assassinations. So it's not like a gun or a knife. It's actually possessing their bodies and controlling them and leading them to their death. Um, just came out this year. Brandon's previously directed a couple other features, but this one really came out of left field. Uh, and blew me away. I know a lot of people are talking about it, so I don't want to hype it up too much, but if you guys get a chance, please check out Possessor. The other one would be Freaky, directed would by Christopher Lundin. But yeah, Freaky by Christopher Landon. Uh, the Body Swap Horror with, with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Uh, it almost made my top five of 2020, but just not quite. This is honorable mention. It, it's worth watching. A lot of fun. Vince Vaughn, like I said, uh, is, is terrific. And Catherine Newton is amazing and psychopath. Really channels that. Um, the other one is on Netflix right now, if you guys want to check it out for free. It's called His House, directed by Remy Weeks. Uh, it's about Who's the house? Sudanese couple. His Run's house. house. Not Run's house. But his house. Uh, it's by Remy Weeks. It's about a Sudanese couple that uh, Let is me seeking political asylum. Remy <laughs> Weeks. <laughs> Many weeks, uh, but yeah, like it's a Sudanese couple seeking refuge in a village. Uh, but once they arrive at its village, there's something supernatural just hiding beneath the surface. Uh, really a profound film, uh, heavy on the supernatural, but it has a political type of storyline. So if that's your thing, it's on Netflix for free at the moment. Uh, also on Netflix for free at the moment, my last time will mention Vampires vs. the Bronx, directed by Oz Rodriguez, horror comedy about uh, gentrified vampires moving into the Bronx to try to take it down one person at a time. But it's up to a rat you know, group of location to take I care of I want to stop you right there for a minute, and I'm, I'm glad that you gave that an honorable mention because I have to say that I distinctly remember seeing the trailer for that and uh, feeling delighted by the trailer, and then I have completely forgotten about that film and have not seen it on my Netflix scroll, so I'm happy to know that it's there, and I will be checking it out in the near future. Thank you. And if I could just interject real quick, I mean, I know you keep saying, you know, if you want to watch it for free, but let me remind everybody that you do pay a monthly fee for Netflix. 
So you're not watching <laughs> yes. shit for free. Okay, you're paying eighteen dollars a month, seventeen ninety. Unless you're the monkey. For, unless you're <laughs> <laughs> you watch Netflix, so it is far from free. Well, for free, I meant. <laughs> like I literally purchased each film that's on this list. I rented them, so they weren't free for me. So that's what I'm saying. If you have a Netflix subscription, yeah, you so pay per month, you can watch near you. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the top Welcome five, to I want to give a quick one. My top five of 2020 starts with 12 Hour Shift, directed by Bray Grant, um, who's actually the star of one of the other movies. 12 Hour Shift with Angela, Angela Bettis cool. plays a nurse involved in drug <laughs> But one of the reasons why this made my list is not just because of the content, but also because Mick Foley, the WWE Hall of Famer, plays a gangster by the name of Nicholas, who unleashes the F-bomb with such fury that I just couldn't believe it was Mick Foley, you know, delivering these What lines. was the title? So, Like Tyson Fury? 12-hour shift. 12-hour shift. No. Yeah, but, okay, but that's the one that you were hours. talking about that, uh, like, yeah, Mick Foley was just, you know, throwing it all over the place to the point where it was just actually making you uncomfortable just because you know how clean he is. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, it was so fun. And it's organ trafficking in the 90s. David Arquette plays a prisoner. Um, who's trapped in this hospital overnight. Uh, they tried to get his organs at some point. It's just, it's a comedy with horror elements in it, but it's it's worth checking out. Um, Ray Grant, I think, is a great up-and-coming director, and I can't wait to see more from her. Um, number four would be Unhinged, directed by Derek Bort. I know this is one that the ghoul watched as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's just Russell Crowe at his fattest and his most unhinged, playing a guy that is full of rage and crosses a woman and decides to unleash his road rage on her in so many horrifically fun ways, including upon Jimmy Simpson in a diner. You just have to see it to believe it. Unhinged, and it is fantastic. Just big boned. Yeah. Couple too many chicken wings. No, that motherfucker's fat, man. That motherfucker's fat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, can, I can wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly support what you said about it. Unhinged is a very fun film. And uh, and it's something to look forward to here on uh, Talking Terrace sometime in 2021. Yes, I, I definitely look forward to watching it in 2021 on Talking Terrace. Uh, so number three is Anything for Jackson, directed by John Deke. Uh, it is about an elderly satanic couple that loses their grandson <laughs> and decides to make a deal with the devil in order to bring him back to life, but it has deadly consequences. So there's a lot of Hail Satans, a lot of oh, satanic Bibles. I would assume that that would be the case. (laughs) But it's it's fantastically acted. Uh, The weed uh, Satanist uh, that gets the book to get the curses to unleash this grandson uh, is fantastic. The elderly couple is so sweet as pie one second, and the next second they're in the basement of the library going, kill Satan, kill the one that has fallen. It's amazing to see this transpire. So that is anything for Jackson at number three. Number two, The Dark and the Wicked, directed by Brian Bertino. You might remember him as directing The Strangers with Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. This movie is about a patriarch of a family who's dying from a terminal illness. As his son and daughter gather at the farmhouse where they grew up to kind of take care of him in his final days, they discover that there's more of a demonic and satanic force just underneath the surface of this house, and they don't understand why, because they're atheists. So why the fuck is this happening? We don't believe in heaven or hell. Uh, it's just Brian Bertino at his best. It's, it's gory. It's weird. It's got a great type of acting with everybody involved. So The Dark and the Wicked, uh, available now. You could rent it. 
on YouTube and, and, every, and any other place where you could find movies. Uh, number one, I would have to give it to After Midnight, a.k.a. Something Else, directed by Jeremy Gardner, who directed The Battery, that's a good one I saw. Uh, I will say definitely it made my number one just because of how amazingly not horror it was, where there is the, the minimalist horror to the movie, but the overarching story is a tale of a guy whose girlfriend leaves him after 10 years to go away to figure stuff out. And in the meantime, he's being attacked night after night by some demonic monster in the woods that he keeps trying to convince everybody that it exists. And it's him losing his mind all the while trying to figure out if his girlfriend's ever going to come back and be with him. She wants a life in the city. He wants a life in the country. It's opposing views. Jeremy Gardner is just fucking amazing at writing dialogue and kind of having the breakdown of a relationship, but also having a monster movie right in the middle of it. So that's number one all the way after midnight. I cannot recommend it enough, and I might actually make one of my picks in 2021. Sounds like she's just a small-town cool, girl. There we have it. <laughs> she, she was lonely. So, yeah. So that's it. All right, so and you'll be posting say, those up yeah. on our uh, on our Facebook page as well, man. I would say put the list together, throw it out there. This way, uh, you know, maybe maybe anywhere some people can find it too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah I'm going to list everywhere I found them. So yeah, I'll list everywhere I found these movies and where you can find them. I'll put the links up to everything. So uh, before I go to bed tonight, I'll try to do that. So, but that's my list for 2020. Um, I definitely hope that you guys listening and my co-hosts check out these movies and let me know what you think about them because they are really worth it. 2020 was such a horrible year, and there was a ton of titles, but these ones really kind of kept me sane during the year that was. Yeah. Cool, man. Looking at the nice. night list. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lovely list. And I will say that uh, several of the choices, both in the honorable mentions column as well as the top five, showed up on some of the other lists that I've seen. Uh some of which even such as anything for Jackson uh, on the uh, the international uh, horror movie lists uh, that I've seen for this year as well. So um, some of what the King of Horror has presented to us uh, seems that there are some like-minded individuals out there in the world of horror uh, who share uh, some of these titles uh, for the top films in the horror genre of 2020. Thank you very much, King of Horror. There, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. You're very and thank you guys for listening. Thank you. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> and happy new <laughs> year. <laughs> no, that's not it. Don't tune out just yet. That was just my list of 2020 that I wanted to get through. So I'm going to give it over to the dean uh, to discuss some horror news and things that are happening right now as we close out 2020. Yes, uh, things that are happening now in uh, 2020. Uh, I do not have a top five list um, of anything. 2020. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it earlier. Uh, you know, over the past week, I have read uh, some extensive uh, best of lists uh, about music and like just movies in general. Um, I know it's not been uh, the biggest year for the box office, of course. Uh, for so many reasons and so many, so many films that were anticipated for this year being uh, pushed on into the future and whatnot. But uh, before we get into, uh, you know, specific stories when it comes to movies and box office and uh, presentations of such, I believe that several of you on this program 
uh, were viewers of what I would like to talk about real quick. Uh, I am not a viewer, and I don't care about spoilers, but I've heard so much chatter, and I've seen uh, so much reported that uh, the much, 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 much anticipated uh, sequel, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, everywhere I look, I seem to see that this is like the worst movie uh, ever made that not, maybe not that extreme, but that no. it was pretty terrible. Uh, and being that some of you have been uh, privy to viewing this film, I just wanted to check in with everybody. Uh, I know right now it's the lowest rated film in the DC universe on IMDb. Um, but I've heard like some really, really terrible things about it. So I would love to hear what some of you have to say. Cool. Have you had a chance to see I, it? Yeah. Yes. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yes. <clears throat> King Monkey, you guys first. You know me. Uh, I, I'm going to go on a long <laughs> fucking diatribe, and then you guys are going to be like, yeah. So why don't you guys have that at first? King, did you get a chance to check it out? I didn't watch it. Nope. I have no interest. So I'm oh. watching it. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely checked it out. I, um, yeah, download, downloaded it uh, on New Year's Day. I mean, on uh, Christmas Day, so that's Diva and I could check it out. The reason I checked this out is because Diva really wanted to check it out. She, I guess, is a glutton for punishment, likes checking out all any comic book movie that she can get her hands on. <laughs> um, check it out? And Yeah, checked it out. <laughs> and and then we eventually got to watch the movie. Um, but, but after checking it out, yeah. Um yeah, it's just this movie, it's, wow, it's trying to be this message for young ladies out there. It's trying to be this inspiring message for women, and it's just, I wasn't feeling that. I wasn't getting it, um, just because of the amount of plot and storyline that was just, unfortunately, so bloody predictable. Um, Pedro Pascal was... In the beginning, interesting. He was fun. His character was leading me a lot, give me a lot of um, Lex Luthor kind of vibes from, from the original Superman movies with Gene Hackman, just very, very over the top, you know, very silly. But again, with its when it comes to DC, they just don't know when to stop adding story. They they need to know when to say when. They just this movie they keep compounding story on top of story on top of story and they totally lost focus of where I thought they were going and unfortunately the the main things that were going on in the movie just extremely extremely predictable you know n- nothing shocking nothing you know really to grab you and yeah it was just boring as fuck the only part that I actually enjoyed for a split second was the post credit scene that was the best part of the entire fucking movie. Um, but, yeah, cool. Have at it, man. <laughs> Have at yeah, it, Yeah, listen, it's... Uh, okay, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to frame this right from the start. You know, everybody, you know, loved Wonder Woman. Sang its praises. You know, it was DC yeah. finally putting out a film... That was a quality movie after the fucking turd burglar that was Batman versus Superman and, and all of that other shit. Personally, did not find Wonder Woman to be all that fantastic. Um, I found that the movie where it did have a lot of 
really cool high points had lulls that dropped down so low that it almost defeats the movie and makes me tired every time I watch it. Case in point, I put on Wonder Woman the other night to prepare myself for Wonder Woman 84. Figuring, okay, let me catch up on these characters. Let me give this movie another viewing. Let's see if maybe there's things that, you know, like maybe I just judged it too harshly, did this or that. Well, as the movie was playing and those lulls hit and I found myself distracted doing other things, looking at other things, it got to the point that literally at the climax of the film, when Wonder Woman finally starts fighting the main villain of the film, big, huge action sequence, I fell asleep. Like, it just, that's, that's where it was at. Now, I don't know. You know, I'm, it's not a matter, you know, I had somebody call out and be like, oh, well, anybody that doesn't like this movie, well, you know, you just because it's, 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 it's not a Marvel movie, cookie cutter, blah, 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 blah. You know, say what you will about them, okay? Are there flawed Marvel movies? Fucking A, there are. Thor, the dark fucking world. Even the first Thor movie, uh, Miss Marvel. Okay, there's plenty of films within the Marvel Universe that are just not as good as some of those great moments. But at the end, I've seen Endgame six times in the theater. I've seen that movie so many times. And you know what? If I'm awake at the moment that Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man start fighting Thanos... I'm up for the next hour that it takes for that entire battle sequence that follows. There is no fucking dozing off during that scene because it's captured you that way. Wonder Woman versus Ares? Eh, not so much. So, roll it into this film because here's the thing. As much as I may not have loved the first Wonder Woman film, I saw potential in it. I saw potential in Gail Godot. I loved Chris Pine's character as Steve Trevor. And I saw what this film could mean to young women out there who have a character that they can appreciate, that they can enjoy. I'm all fucking for it, man. I got five younger sisters. I've got, you know, a daughter. I've got, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous to sit there and, and go with these other people that say, oh, well, if you didn't like the, the movie, you're a fucking woman hater. No, not that. I had a lot of hope for this film. And then I watched it on Christmas Day or the day after, whichever day I watched it. I think it was the day after. I didn't watch it Christmas Day. Um, the plot is muddy and murky at times. Uh, the best part of this film is Chris Pine. And it's P- Chris Pine when he's doing anything but interacting with Wonder Woman. Because when he's interacting with Gail Godot every scene just completely falls by the wayside because that woman can't emote for her life in this film. She smiles or she scowls. She smiles or she scowls. She has two emotions that we see. Smile, scowl. Smile, scowl. Now, granted, and here's where I frame this because I had somebody else tell me, oh, she was so awesome. She was all this. She was all that. My main question to that person is, is, do you find Gail Godot hot? I'm on the fucking fence of saying, no, she's not my physical picture of what I find attractive. I think it's a lot easier Same to here. judge this character by that. Um, Kristen Wiig was actually fantastic until they decided to go cats with her because, oh. for reasons, you know, because at one point she wore fucking cheetah shoes 
You know, another point she had like a fucking little bit of an outfit or whatever, but there was never like a reason behind it. And, you know, just like the Incredible Hulk film or the Hulk film with fucking, you know, from, from way back, Ang Lee's Hulk. You know, if you're filming your final battle in the dark, you know the CGI is bad. You know, when you're fucking, like I'm sitting here with a gigantic television in a small living room. And it was hard to follow what the fuck was going on because it was just so messy, so dark in the sequence. It's, it reminded me of another movie I saw this year, fucking Terminator Dark Fate. Um, what was that last year? I think I'm like, I don't even fucking remember when that came out. But there were those fight sequences that <laughs> happened by the dam that were all in the night, you know, because they're trying to hide shit. That's how they get away with some of these things. Um, Pedro Pascal, yeah, I agree with you. There was times that he felt like he was channeling Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. And I'm good with that. I'm not familiar with the villain character that he was. The storyline, all of this for me was fresh. I wanted to like this movie so bad. It's set in 1984. You know, they barely used the time. Like, you name the movie yeah. 84. I get that it's overused in film and TV now and everything. Everything's gone back to the 80s. Everything's done this and that. Don't put the number in your fucking movie and then barely... <laughs> Barely use it. Like you barely use the idea of the time that they were in. It was like a uh-huh, whatever. Um, and there, there were motivation issues that happened at times. Like I don't know. I guess Wonder Woman needed a man to tell her how to fucking fly. You know, which of course doesn't happen in the future when she's fucking fighting all the other guys. But you know, they say too now that this doesn't exist in the same universe. I'm all for it. I don't care. I just want a good movie with these characters. You know, I was talking to somebody else about it, Todd Star Starooch, and you know, the horror nerd, like he said. You know, the, <laughs> yes, the horror nerd. You know, he's he's another. He's a big fan of of films, but like he said, you know, when the two of us were were talking about it. You know, people don't want to sit there and say, oh, well, you're a, a Marvel fan, or, oh, you hate women, you this and that. Do you not realize that we're fucking comic book nerds at heart? I don't want to go to any of these films and walk away feeling disappointed by them, nor do I go into a lot of them with these high, high, high expectations. I want to walk out of these films saying, holy shit, that was a great representation of that character. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are fucking Mount Rushmore characters. They are. Those are fucking ridiculously hard to like, you know, achieve great quality film and TV series with these characters. So when it's done right, we fucking love it. We celebrate it. In this one, it wasn't done right at all. Yeah. So, you I, know, I did not I, like I, it. I, I agree I, that it's the worst DC I, movie. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. Like as far as like, I had huge problems with the CGI, especially, especially the opening sequence of the tournament and things that were going on. And it's just it got to a point where certain characters were actually looking fuzzy during moments mm-hmm. where things were supposed to be going on and stuff like that. And straight off the bat, you know, I looked over at the diva. I was like, "Holy shit!" And she was like, "What?" You know, you like it? And I was like, "No, the CGI fucking sucks." <laughs> I would take and again like here's like you know you bring up the beginning of the film which takes place you know in the past where we don't know what year it is but it's when Wonder Woman's a child still but she's older than she was at the beginning of the first Wonder Woman movie I would take a film that takes place on Theroscura for the whole movie give me a whole film about 
an island of these Amazon women and what is going on within all the instructure and everything of their society. I will take that as the movie here. You know, anything, man, just, just, just show us why she's so special. Like they have not done that yet. They have not given us that. And like I said, smiles and scowls. I got more, I got more out of the fucking mid credit scene. Okay, that's what I got. I got more out of that because Linda Carter still has it. Linda Carter can make Hell you yeah. feel something. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie is like this movie was like so bloody horrible that it made me go and create a rotten <laughs> tomatoes account uh, just so I could actually go on there and actually give this movie a rating. Ouch! <laughs> wow, I, I wouldn't go that pretty far. Hard. <laughs> well, at least we know now who's gonna who's gonna do that kind of stuff. Cool. So now, now from here on out, we're just gonna use the Mad Monkey as our our, our outlet. Okay, you got to make sure just like just like all the the movie sites and all the streaming services. Okay, you got to share your your username and password with us. This way, we can uh, we can also access this Rotten Tomatoes account. Mad Monkey, that's the name. <laughs> Whoa! No way. It's crazy, you would be monkey. <laughs> Excuse me. So, so there you go, Dean. Are you awake? Thank you. Yes, of course. Well, uh, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. And I have to, I have to say, one, uh, I, I saw one of the best statements about it that I saw. Someone said that uh, if this film, from start to finish, had a soundtrack of like classic '80s pop hits, then it would have turned it into like a great movie. Um, I thought, I don't know, I, I haven't seen it, but I thought that was a funny statement. And Like, like I uh, said, if they would have used the time a little better, you know? I yeah. Know, said it in 84, why not make, you know, I don't know, more reference to the fucking time? Yeah, you yeah. You, you, you make a valid point, man. An 80s soundtrack would have added something, anything, to this movie, because the ghoul, you know, has a really strong point, too, of, yeah, they hardly use the timeline. They only reference the timeline in uh, um, uh, literally a mall scene and then news that's going on in the world. But other than that, you know, it could have taken place anytime. Oh, you could take away the cell phone. on cars and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I love, here's, here's an example. How many references were there to the fucking Porsche? You know, oh, all these people had Porsches. <laughs> oh, this and that. Yet, did you notice what kind of car you never saw in the movie? I guess they couldn't get somebody or Porsche to sign off on letting them fucking use the car in the damn movie. <laughs> but, sorry, yeah, Dean. I'm sorry. My bad, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. By all means, please. <laughs> oh, what a, astute, what a astute analysis. <laughs> what else were you going to say, Dean? Now, with... Oh. Uh, all of that hoopla surrounding uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, it has, it has uh, been announced that both uh, Godot and director Patty Jenkins are returning for a third uh, film in the Wonder Woman series. So Please they are coming right. back to, to give it another uh, go. Um, I'm fine with that. From, from this is going to be Wonder I Woman hear, 1993. <laughs> from what I hear, uh, that we'll have another opportunity to 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 write the mishap 
that maybe is 1984. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the first one. Uh, the only thing I've seen with Godot is her horrible uh, celebrity crew uh, selfie singing of Imagine early, like three days into quarantine. Um, Awful. Which is like the worst oh. thing I've seen in my life, almost. Um, oh, my God. Can't relate to us. But anyway. Uh, so anyway, uh, just wanted to see what, what the opinions were there for, for our um, Wonder Woman. Did she get sucked into a plane uh, also, engine in, like, the Fast and Furious movies? I do like not know died? the answer to that question. I, I think know. so. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know. I, I, try, I try not to watch those. <laughs> exactly, Mundo. <laughs> now, right, moving on. If it if it's uh, after Tokyo Drift, I don't watch it. <laughs> no, uh, if it's after the first one, I haven't yeah, watched she, it. That's, she was Han's that's my girlfriend. For a series, because they because Han was such a popular character in Tokyo Drift, they figured out a way to <laughs> retcon it, bring him back by going mm. like into films that you know uh, take place in the timeline prior to Tokyo Drift, because we're never given a, an idea of where Tokyo Drift stood in the timeline. In 1984. Ah, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was after 1984, but, but thanks, King. <laughs> 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 Might have taken place in the future. Flying cars. <laughs> Flying cars and Jaws 3 <laughs> Anyway, so, team, what else you got? So... Uh, since we talk about it so often on the show, uh, in between Halloween our killed. previous show and <laughs> and this show, it's been announced that the powers that be have pushed back the air date uh, for the upcoming third season of Cobra Kai. No longer will we be waiting for January 8th. Uh, we are just a few short hours away. January 1st, uh, we're almost there. Uh, January 1st, we'll see... Uh, the third season uh, hit Netflix. The wait is over. Uh, the time is just about now. And uh, Daniel-san himself, Ralph Macchio, uh, said today uh, that they are they are good to go through season six. Uh, so uh, Netflix had previously confirmed a season four, uh, but Ralph Macchio today is saying that storylines are good to go through six seasons. Uh, so very exciting. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for season three. And we're not. We don't need to spend time talking about it. I just want to say I can't wait. I'm so excited. Fuck yeah! Yeah, I get. I, I got caught up on Karate Kid Part Two, so that we can be all ready for anything that happens to come up in season three. So Dave and I are ready. You know, every <laughs> King, you you need to get caught up, and you know. We'll watch your Karate Kid Part 2 because I know the ghoul will be doing that this weekend. <laughs> oh, well, chosen get revenge. The fact of the matter is, is we're going to be plowing. We're going to finish Season 3 on January 1st. There's, just, there's no way that it's not happening. We've got no other plans. We're not, you know, we, we don't drink. We don't do anything else. So it's New Year's you know, Day and New Year's Eve for everybody else, and it's just going to be season three of Cobra Kai for, for me and the ghoul girl. You know, we're going to be inside chilling. Well, I, uh, oh, hold on. You know. Are, are they, are they going to drop it all in one installment, or are they going to do weekly? 
It's Netflix. They always drop it all in one installment. They don't do the weekly thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, unlike uh, the previous seasons of the show, which, you know, through YouTube were dropped, I think they did what? Didn't they do like two episodes a week or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like two episodes per week, yeah. You know, this is going to be uh, just one big hot plop, man. It's going to be spread those cheeks and drop it down. <laughs> oh, man. Netflix is going to be busy <laughs> on January 1st. <laughs> All right. Really what gonna be got, man? So, with that being said, uh, the mm. King of Horror last week on this very program said that he would even consider plunking down the dough. Uh, to spend an evening with Bruce Campbell doing live commentary for The Evil Dead. Uh, but if the King of Horror and anybody else out there wants to plunk down a little bit less dough uh, for the low cost of nine ninety nine, uh, you can have the opportunity on your Kindle uh, to read <laughs> Bruce Campbell's new book of essays called The Cool Side of the Pillow. It is available. It is out now. Now, Bruce Campbell has said that this is his first walk into the world of self-publishing, that he has published this himself, uh, that there will be no media, uh, no media blitz, no book tour, uh, no glowing reviews. Uh, This is a self-published book that, as of right now, is only available uh, in Kindle form. Uh, It's only $9.99 if you have an e-reader and uh, you would like to read The Cool Side of the Pillow by Bruce Campbell. Uh, The time is now. E-reader. All right. All right. An electronic now, uh, reader. E-reader. <laughs> yeah, that's what those are called. Now, an e-reader, an electronic reader. <laughs> oh, now, King, I know you put, I you put, I know you put an article about this up on the Talking Terror uh, Facebook page. Um, do, do you know anything about what these essays are possibly going to be about? Just him ranting, you know, just him yapping, you know, talking, you know, discussing things that he's been through and stuff like that. That's all, really. It's only about 119 pages. So yeah, I heard that the I heard the lead essay, the least the lead essay I heard is Bruce Campbell's uh, self analysis about why Kurt Russell is the greatest actor in the world compared to himself. <laughs> Big and true. I don't know. It's kind of a hard competition because I don't put Bruce over that, but yeah, listen, maybe I'll have to read his essay. I'll change your mind. And Kurt will take over the number one spot. <laughs> yeah, it's a question of essays. I have the the Kindle I could use on my Amazon Prime account because I have a couple books on there. So um, I might actually end up buying it because I love his books. I know I gave uh, the monkey his second uh, autobiography, Hail to the Chin. So I hope you mm-hmm. enjoyed that one. Such a fun read. I like <laughs> I like books with paper. Oh no, I can't do me the, too. Uh, me too. Thing. Me too. Me too. I don't have one of those Kindles. No, no for me. Well, I've got a, I've got a tablet. You can just download the app and all that stuff, and still yeah. just read it directly through there. You know, the cool girl does that with her iPad, and I've got a, uh, uh, I forget what it is. It's a, some other one, the Pay tablet, whatever Tab A or some shit. Uh, it wasn't a Stanley Owsley. Um <laughs> But yeah, we just recently got like a nice little set of like new bookshelves that are, are straight, and no longer bowed in like the fucking. The other ones were. It's uh, it's nice, and so I've been kind of trying to organize and come up with like little 
little ways to put up books and a couple little like knickknacks and shit like that. But it'll be easier to do once we get the Christmas tree out of here as well. So uh, it is nice to have like our books back on a shelf looking good and everything. Reminded me that we have so oh. many of them. <laughs> yeah, I love my bookshelves and my overflow in my bedroom. Yep. I have too many books. Books everywhere. Oh, books yeah. are all over the place in this house, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a library. But I love it. And I have a lot of books I haven't even read yet. See how smart we really are? Oh, we're so intelligent. <laughs> we're so I'm intelligent. I'm not. I'm <laughs> Now. I was the older brother, Michael. I was the older brother. Speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of books. (laughs) Yes, books. What? 1997 uh, cult classic film known as The Wishmaster, starring a very nice guy, Andrew Divock. Uh, Mm -hmm. In its time, never, believe this, right? Never received a novelization. But if... Since 1997, you have been wanting a novelization of The Wishmaster. On January 31st, 2021, Encyclopocalypse Publications are going to be releasing an officially licensed Wishmaster novelization. We've talked about novelizations on the show so many times recently. They seem to be coming back, uh, but Wishmaster novelization is on the way next month. She made my dick so hard. <laughs> Finally, all the answers you've ever wanted about Wishmaster in novelization form. Is this what you used yeah. to wish on King so that you could finally have a novelization of the movie? Is that what you fucking wish no. for? <laughs> no. I wish for Mitch McConnell. It was beef jerky, wasn't it, King? No, what is it? Was Mitch McConnell to get dick cancer? Didn't happen yet. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to cost $2,000 to get fixed, but he won't have it because. <laughs> Did you see that online, though, about Mitch McConnell, about how he has a government email address and you could use that on PayPal to request $2,000 for him? And he's actually been writing back, please stop requesting money from me. <laughs> Amazing. Because it's, you could put his email address in there and request $2,000. He's not going to send it to you, but he's responding to a couple people by saying, please do not request this anymore. Hmm. Fuck you. I'm going to do what I, I th- want. I think you're going to put a link Oh, bullshit. I think all bullshit. You- <laughs> We're all playing into it, man. I think you're going to need to put a link. I think you're going to need to put a link on the Talking Chair Facebook page for this address, King. <laughs> oh, God, it's not related. I mean, I might put it in the group chat. Because I, I do have his government email address, and yes, you could actually use somebody's email address to pay out the money. So <laughs> I might do it, uh, monkey. I don't know if I'll do it on the talking terror page. By the way, politics well, off the page. Well, no, I mean, come on, hold on. We're we're, bring, we're bringing in politics here, you know. And I I think we all know that that for the most part, I think most people that listen to the show kind of have an inkling of, of how most of us lean. You know, and then that, that some of us are, are, are might not in one direction or the other. But all of that being said, regardless of what your politics are, King, have you started your Donald Trump chia pet yet? Oh, inquiring minds want to know. 
I, yeah, it was one of those things where last week I walked outside to drop off the trash and I saw I had another package. I was like, okay, King of Horror, please don't let it be another fucking Shia pet. I don't want another one. My aunt in California <laughs> sent me one. I have the one from the grill. I, I'm good. And then I open it up and there's Donald Trump smiling that fucking shit stained smile. And now I have it. So I just spent the day putting I love penis stickers all over it and just hate yelling at it. So wait, you went from having what? Never having a Chia pet ever to now how many do you currently have in your possession? I currently own four. So I went from one to four because I did get another Chia pet from another relative who I think listens. Wait, wait, four? Uh, wait, you have the zombie Tia pet. You have yeah, the Mr. Got- Miyagi Tia pet. You have the Trump yeah. Tia pet. What else? Do, what else do you have now? You know, I have a screaming Susanna Tia pet that another relative sent me. That I'm pretty sure. What the fuck is to a screaming well. Susanna? What? Yeah, what's it's a, a you didn't tell us. You didn't tell us about this one. Yeah, because I got it the day after Christmas, and I was like, I don't want to fucking talk about Chia Pets anymore. I was like, I have fucking too many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, stop sending me Chia Pets. I mean, I'm already fucking frustrated with the Mr. Miyagi one. I don't need another one. But, yeah, I have the zombie head, and the name is Screaming Susanna. It's the same company that makes the uh, the, the zombie hands. I was like, no, no, you guys are going to have to go in the closet. All right, very fucking did, okay. Did you you know how to the contact show and... us, anybody that's listening. You know how to contact us. If you indeed would like to send the king or Chia Pet, please contact us and we will give you the P.O. box to send them to. Uh, just get us on Instagram. Believe me, we answer just about all kinds of DMs on there on a regular basis. Go to the Talking Terror IG page and we will make sure that the king gets whatever the fuck you want to send them. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to have a closet full of bulldozers and Chia Pets. Uh, um, <laughs> sounds like a, a country music song. Bulldozers and Chia Pets. A bunch of dildos <laughs> covered in I Love Penis stickers. <laughs> uh, it's just a fucking dildo and just weird sex toys. And, yeah, closet full of. Thanks, fans. But can you please stop sending me gallons of room? I've no more room in my apartment for these gallon drums. I'm burning out of space. So you haven't done the Trump one yet. You were telling me before that you started doing the the, the, the Miyagi one. And and how is that going? Uh, Frustratingly hellish. It's like, this is my hell. Every time I look at it, when I go to the bathroom in the morning. I'm like, this is my responsibility now. This is why I don't have to. I could throw Mr. Miyagi out in the trash. Can't throw a kid out. But yeah, Mr. Miyagi, I planted the seed that put it on my head, and I'm fucking putting water on it every day, and it's not doing anything. And I'm like, will you fucking do something? You're taking up space, and you're wasting my time. Grow something already. Jesus. And it's just sticking to me and not doing anything. So I'm like, well, that's great. This is why I don't like Chia Pets. Uh, if anyone is out there and listening, and uh, would like to join the fun by sending the King of Horror some Chia Pets, uh, please uh, slide into our DMs on the Instagram, and I will be happy to arrange uh, more Chia Pets being sent to our very own King of Horror. It's going to be like Jordy Barrow <laughs> before he knows it. Yeah, I'm just going to be buried in them. 
you know, I'm going to invite people over and they're going to be like, why do you have an entire room dedicated to nothing but Chia Pets? I don't want to talk about it. Do you want to Chia Pets to home with you? You have a great date, right? Here's your best name. She's going to be going, God damn, Chia shit. <laughs> You've got Chia Pets growing out of ears and shit like that. <laughs> He's just trying to go to the bathroom and his dick's all covered in Chia Pets. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you wash the seeds off, man. Those things will grow on anything, man. Oh, said you were using your fingers. Happy to be a facilitator. Was that sort of jerking off after that? So I wonder if I'm going to have Jordy Verrill dick. That's moss in your ass crack and everything, man. No, I'm going to be fucking feet for days mowing that long. Yeah, I'm glad that yours are so good, Monkey, because mine has been like three days in this month. Monkey's mine, yeah, that's buddy. Baby Yoda. Meanwhile, you know, Miss Maggie's like, how dare you? That's mine after three days, yep. Three days? I'm going to after three days. There's nothing on it. There's seeds. Nice. <laughs> that's so I much. Started, I started mine last night. Uh, it's, uh, it's just been seeded. Oh, yeah. he yeah. just needed to see it. I just I just sprayed it with my seed, you know. But uh, I took it. I, I went a little special with mine. See, I'm I'm gonna give him a little 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 bit of a little patch on his head, you know. <laughs> oh, I see that shit. <laughs> I, I, I fucking understand him. That's a responsibility. <laughs> The king loves Chia Pets. So, yes, again, <laughs> slide into the DMs. Let us let us know. And, again, we will direct you where to send it, and you're good to go. No, 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 no. no. Will, we will, I will We're facilitate, I will facilitate the sale. Like We're not giving out the king's address, but I will facilitate no, absolutely uh, not. the, 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 the like process. We have a P.O. We'll box that happen. we can take care of with this. <laughs> uh, I, will arrange, I will arrange the sale uh, through myself. Um Sending receipts to all parties needed, uh, we will make sure uh, that we can inundate our king of horror with a chia pet of your choice, of which there are so many. So uh, please choose wisely. Hmm. <laughs> oh, don't choose at all, guys. It's fine. Cool. By the way, this episode of Talking Tower brought to you by Chia Pet. I'm just kidding. It's the pottery that grows. <laughs> and grows and grows. <laughs> Thank you, cool dudes. We just wrote a podcast. Would you like to be sponsored by Chia Pets? No. That would be funny as shit if somehow we ended up getting sponsored by Chia Pet. <laughs> well, hey, we saw, we listened to your episode. We saw your pictures. We think we really be great to sponsor your breathe. show. Did you listen breathe, to the monkey, episode? Breathe, monkey. <laughs> yeah. Breathe. Yeah, he's all about it now. He's got that Chia Pet fever. It's like a fucking disco song, Chia Fever. Oh yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> oh, you didn't go from putting any on the beard, King? No, it's you, hard enough to do you, the hair. You you just went for the Sanford and Son look. Yeah, I'm coming for you, Daniel Son. <laughs> the Yagi and some doing the NBC. 
Well, that, that's what, <laughs> what you know? the front looked like. <laughs> it was a junkyard from the front. <laughs> yeah. Before growing that fucking thing and it hasn't done anything. God damn it. <laughs> it'll grow. It'll grow. Just give it water. Just give it time. I got give it light. I have water tomorrow, so. Patience yeah. is needed. Oh. Oh, and don't treat it like um, ectoplasm in Ghostbusters 2 and don't sleep with it, okay, King? Oh, <laughs> uh, too late. <laughs> I mean, this King, this King needs right. something fuzzy to snuggle up with at night. <laughs> something cold King pulls out his, That's King pulls out his collection of 70s, 70s porn and then he pulls out his Chia pet. <laughs> you got to get the friction, the friction happening. Just have to get the fridge off. No. Wax off, wax off. <laughs> it's been waxing off all night. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Dean, I think we've covered. Dude's got to do what a dude's got to do, you know. <laughs> since we've been talking about these 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 toys, uh, and since some of you nerds really enjoy the toys, uh, a company called Super Seven. Uh, has made some additions to their reaction figure line and has released glow-in-the-dark action figures of uh, Count Orlock, uh, Marie from Metropolis, the Toxic Avenger, and Alfred Hitchcock himself. Uh, So if you are into some glow-in-the-dark action figures, uh, check out Super 7, uh, the reaction figure line. They're available now. And uh, you can add yeah. to your collection. They glow in the dark. Yeah, kind of like the old uh, Remco Universal Monster Toys that came out uh, back in the, I think, early 80s and stuff like that, where yeah. they had glow-in-the-dark versions of those. Um, I just wish the whole reaction line, though, it's like, wow, it's funny, gimmicky and stuff like that. I just wish they would do some better sculpts on those tiny little figures. Instead You're of paying for just the pack. J- j- yeah, yeah, you're totally paying for the packaging. I just wish they'd, you know, go a little bit more and do some, you know, a little bit better sculpts on there. Hey. I agree. Well, like I said, just pay for the package. They're expensive fucking things, too. 20 bucks a figure. Yeah. Hey, cause it, because it's like they almost got me with the, the, the with the they almost got me with the Sam one when they put out a tiny little Sam figure, and then I was like, no, I could do that, or I could spend 10 bucks more and get the really nice one <laughs> that has got all the cool accessories and a better box and shit like that. So, nope, saving my money and instead just getting the ultimate Sam. Yeah, yeah action. Uh, Dean, just to answer that question, action figures are fucking wackadoo these days, man. You got all kinds of variations of them. So you've got, like, the basic ones that, like, you know, you'll get at, like, a Walmart or something like that, like, you know, that you'll give to a kid to play with. But then they go all the way up to, like, fucking $70, $80 fucking action figures for, you know, like, collector edition type of shit, man. And, uh, and yes. then, they, then they've got uh, I guess that's what I was, certain I guess that's what I was stuff like that. No, then you go even higher because then you get into the, I think it's the Hot Toys. Higher. Where our, yeah, where it's. There's a series called Hot Toys, and there are, uh, like, 12-inch action figures, and the sculpts are beautiful, but those are figures that cost you into the hundreds <laughs> for just how, how good of a figure they are. Yeah, I don't know. So we're all poor. 
<laughs> I like to. We're not sponsored. Even if I we're was, not even by if I wasn't though, the 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 idea of I don't, I don't know. Like I guess it just goes back to like when I was a kid. The idea of buying toys and not playing with them just seems asinine to me. You know, so I'm not yep. going to buy an action figure that costs over a hundred dollars to what? Put it on a fucking stand somewhere? Stick it in a display somewhere? Fuck that! If I have that kind of money where that I can afford that kind of action figure, believe me, I'm going to buy that action figure. I'm going to buy myself a hot stripper somewhere, and I'm going to shove that hot, that fucking action figure up her ass because I can afford to do it. <laughs> The sponsor of Talking Terror is not sponsored by Hot Toys. <laughs> not at all. But I was just saying that because I know that, that some of you are into the toys and get excited when there's new, uh, what are they called, Funkos and all that stuff. So I thought I not, saw this and just thought I would share it because you uh, makes you some of you happy. Yeah, but did you see the uh, the? I know the King put a link up about it about the new NECA figures because they're finally coming out with two figures for the boys. Nope. Yeah, Starlight Homelander. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> the Deep, Butcher. I'm disappointed. No A-Train. Man. I love it. Uh, yeah, I love no, the deep, no A-Train? Such a strong guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want the can of fresh. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It should have been A-Train. <laughs> I want like it. I want yeah, the deep and a dolphin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little van for the playset. Put them in the van. The dot getaway playset. Look, I have those feelings for you too. Just this isn't the time, okay? <laughs> and maybe you can put a little finger in his gills because you get that NCA uh, deep signal. Who knows? Oh man, yeah. that would be so messed up if they actually had it where the gills were like a, a, ru- a rubbery material for the fingery. <laughs> like so, he actually has fingerable fucking gills. That would be fucking next level. Man. <laughs> it was just, it was just wrong. You're hurting me. <laughs> Seriously, oh, Dean, if man. you've not had a chance to check out that show, you really, really need to check out that show, Dean. It's Which so show? much fun. The boys. Buy your, buy oh, the boys, your yeah. I've heard, you know, I've heard, uh, I've heard mem- many, many positive things. Uh, I have not had a chance to see it yet. Uh, you know, I'll add it to my watch list. I know it's out there. On, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Prime show, right? That's, a, that's a, on Prime? Yeah, Amazon yeah. Prime. I think yeah. with your, uh, uh, with so, your uh, level of knowledge of the Marvel Universe now, you'll have an appreciation for this series. I'm very, yeah. very, very educated about the Marvel Universe now. You are great. Yeah and, and, yeah, and all you need is basic knowledge of the DC Universe, you know, which you pretty much have because you grew up watching Super Friends and you know, Batman the Animated Series and stuff like that. You know, and that's pretty much yeah, all you need for b- both sides. Yeah, is uh, I like Iceman. Iceman, Marvel, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Spider Man and his amazing friends, you know. <laughs> what, Fire, Firestar, and Iceman. Firestarter. Firestar. Firestar. Yeah, uh, with their pissed-out okay. apartment that was that was done by Tony Stark. Fire and ice. <laughs> 
Come yeah. get your fucking. They weren't. Come get your deep action figure with 22 points of articulation <laughs> and fuckable gills. You know. <laughs> you got a pumpkin grip. Well, you're gonna need it to get into those gills. We We golden. We golden. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Mike Flanagan, who's been so very busy uh, and has an even busier 2021, says right now there are zero, zero, no plans for anything more in the haunting universe. He who has brought the haunting of Hill House and the haunting of Bly Manor uh, to Netflix to positive reviews and great acclaim uh, says that there is nothing happening uh, with any of that stuff uh, moving forward. Uh, I have not seen the haunting of Hill House. I've seen the first three episodes of Bly Manor, but uh, never went back to it. And Mike Flanagan also says that he is no longer directing uh, the adaptation of Stephen King's revival. Uh, he does have a full slate for 2021, uh, but this is more about what he is no longer involved with, uh, shutting down the haunting universe, as he phrased it, and no longer directing Stephen King's revival. Did any of you see That's all of weird, Bly Manor? Man. Yes. Nope. Uh, the Diva did. I did. Yeah, the, the I Diva. I wanted to call uh, her on. She, 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 she really enjoyed both of those series, both of the haunting series. And it, that throws me off, Dean. That you're saying that though, man, because I know both of those have you know pretty big followings of a lot of people that yeah. have really, really enjoyed those series. Going, going like by, that. you know, going by my social media feeds, I know that there are a lot of people out there uh, who, from my social media feeds, lead me to believe are not like overly genre nerds or horror people, et cetera, et cetera were like super into Bly Manor, like kind of crossed over uh, to like a more of a mainstream audience. And like, people were like, Oh, this is amazing. Um, I watched the first three. um, And I just, I never went back to it. Uh, Not for any specific reason. You know, I, I have some, you know, nitpicks as to why it kind of didn't really jive with me. Um, But, you know, I, based on the popularity uh, and how much chatter I saw about it. More, more Bly Manor than the Hill House, but I was surprised to see that, that there's going to be no more of that at this time. Well, I, I can mm-hmm. tell you, I, I watched both series. And, you know, just judging from, from the, the, the people that I've interacted with it and the things that, like, I've seen about it or whatnot, you know, and from my own personal opinion, I liked Hill House better than I liked Bly Manor. Um, I felt like it was just a better overall story and a, a better a more interesting interpretation of said story. That being said, um, I think I get it. I, I think I have an inkling of why certain people like Bly Manor. And that's just because of a specific set of characters within it and a relationship that gets explored, a well-deserved one. It was, it was a fun ride. Don't, don't get me wrong. Bly Manor was, it was fun. Um, Hill House though, I just felt was just better delivered and, what was great with that series is, is I spent almost all the episodes while watching it trying to figure out if I liked it. And then I got to like the very end of it and things like really made sense. And I was like, wow, I actually really enjoyed the fuck out of it. You know, and I went back, watched it all over again to, to just to, to see how it is with now knowing all the pieces and whatnot. 
and and there it is. You know, it was it was a, it was a very well well done series. It's a shame that he's not going to do a third one. I mean, as of right now, anyway. But um, you know, it's funny too though. We watched uh, you know, there was that movie that came out, The Turning, um, last year and uh, or this year. I don't even remember when the fuck it came out. But that actually is the same exact story as Bly Matter. It's literally because it's they're both based on the turning of the screw. Uh, which is just this an old story, um, which was just funny. We had no idea that this was the same thing. Like we were watching the we watched the movie after we watched Bly Manor, and we're going through it. And I don't know, we were like maybe a quarter of the way through, and we're both like, you know, this is literally like the exact same fucking thing. And then we realized that like everything was literally the exact same fucking thing. So that's if you want funny a shorter version of Bly Manor. Just watch that movie. Yeah. That's funny as shit because the diva did the exact same thing, man. She watched the series, and then she watched that movie, and then halfway through the movie, she had to stop and be like, this is exactly like this series. Uh, and then she had to stop and look it up, and she's like, oh, it's the same fucking story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say, though, I loved the little girl's accent in that movie because it was perfectly splendid. And, and you know, we walked around this house. We walked around this house for you know a good couple of days, just constantly repeating that. So well, it was perfectly <laughs> dreadful. It's definitely no love. You get drunk. We're, we're balls deep back into Love Island world. <laughs> Did you say like when I get drunk, King? <laughs> you want your balls yeah, deep? Um, <laughs> we should follow up with yeah. <laughs> When the bad Anglo Texan comes out, King. <laughs> yeah. Then we both in English for some reason. And we're really fucking drunk. And then heading up to Taco Bell at three o'clock in the morning. Do you want any fries with that? No, I don't want any fucking chips with me tacos, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fuck are you? Very well, everyone. Very well. <laughs> order for oh, Captain oh, Asswipe. <laughs> order for Captain Asswipe. Oh, he totally said it. Hold, hold the spit. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've been a lot of spit on orders over the years. <laughs> we were genuine just, assholes. <laughs> Can you just get this to go? Nope. We're here for the next 30 minutes. Enjoy the show. <laughs> You're welcome. Not the thing, ladies and gentlemen. The starting of the king on Monday. Not the king. They've been here forever. Oh, it's the, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the drunken big guy and the little drunken dude. <laughs> Ken, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, fat man and the little guy again. Ladies Jesus, and uh, gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach. Yeah! <laughs> everybody, pump it up. Mr. Burt Bacharach, everybody, in Taco Bell. Why do birds suddenly appear? He's great, guys. He's great. How do they afford Burt Bacharach? Oh, look how cheap he is these days. <laughs> so what else you got, Dean? <laughs> So, a couple things. Yes. We are, well, I don't know if we are as a club, but it is the it is the 60th, 60th anniversary of one of the Mount Rushmore horror movies, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. 
60 years. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think about it in, in those terms. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, a Hungarian filmmaker named Ve Vozo Zoltan has Say that recreated. He has, <laughs> and it's actually, it's actually pretty cool if you get a chance to check it out. He recreated uh, the shower sequence from Psycho. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a short scene involving two, uh, one actor, one actress. Uh, he recreated that scene uh, using, uh, to celebrate the 60-year anniversary, using 60 different actresses. Um, every single time uh, a human is shown, it could just be like a hand in the frame uh, or anything else, uh, it's a different actress. Uh, the clip is three minutes long. And because there are so many performers, uh, the credits are actually five minutes long. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool little thing to check out. Sixty different actresses used to recreate the famous, uh, you know, one of the most iconic horror scenes ever. Uh, to recreate it uh, to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Psycho. I will share a link with you all. Um, not to check it out. I thought that was pretty cool. And then because uh, I know trippy shit to watch. Uh, it's 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 cool. It it, it kind of works. It's a it's a cool little silly thing. Uh, and because I know, I do know uh, that we have a a cinematic masterpiece uh, on our plate for this evening. I will I will try to keep things brief. But there are a couple of things happening, and uh, one of those things is uh, Steven Soderbergh, whose film Contagion uh, has seen. Uh, a rebirth this year, given the current circumstances of the world. Uh, it's one of the Whoa, top what's going films. On? On... <laughs> one of the one of the top films on iTunes uh, this year. Uh, he said that right now he is currently ha- he currently has in early development uh, a spiritual sequel to Contagion. Uh, he is working with the original screenwriter uh, Scott Burns. And uh, they are putting together a spiritual sequel to Contagion, uh, given the current times and the kind of reignition of, uh, you know, interest and excitement. I don't know if excitement is the right word, but interest uh, surrounding his film uh, <laughs> about a, a pandemic that, that takes over our country. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I don't know that this is something that uh, people will be looking forward to. They might check it out in horror, but we will see. And then finally... Uh, I just want to close out with this one. Uh, So we have talked about how in the Walking Dead universe, the saga of Rick Grimes is going to continue on the big screen. Well, it turns out that the official Instagram account, maybe it was the Twitter account, one of the official accounts of the Walking Dead put out a, a missive that simply stated, what are you looking forward to most in 2021? And there was a response. And that response very simply stated, Rick Grimes on the big screen. Uh, this response uh, was put out there by a woman named Rosemary Rodriguez, uh, who has directed many, many, many episodes of the Walking Dead flagship series. Now, this does not... Uh, count as any kind of official news or official announcements, uh, the 
the team behind the Walking Dead feature film, the first one anyway, with Rick Grimes, uh, they say they hope to begin filming in early 2021, uh, which would give enough time to potentially have a feature film ready to go before the end of the year. Um, but does Rosemary Rodriguez have any inside info uh, that might lead her to state Rick Grimes on the big screen in 2021? Uh, time will tell, but uh, maybe just a clue about whether or not we will see uh, the return of Rick Grimes uh, to the Walking Dead universe. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, we will see that happen. And look, if we get to like May, June, and there's been no news about anything in production, then then maybe not. But uh, I would keep our eyes open for the first part of the year to see if anything actually does get into production. Uh, I don't think that that is something that will remain secret um, because they will want to start getting people excited about it, but uh, potentially we'll finally see the return of Rick Ryan's. All right. 2021 can be okay. the year. Right. The year of the so Rick. Is that it? <laughs> Rick Ryan's cool. Yeah, Rick Roll. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the house, cool. But, okay. uh, is, that, uh, is that it, Dean? You're good? Anything yes, else? that is it. That is it. That is it. That is that is it. That is it. Okay. Thank you, Dean. Well, I'm going to go to the uh, Gold Geek Keith now for his film pick of the week, Booga Booga from 2013, directed by Charles Band, the masterpiece, as the Dean said, indeed. Uh, why don't you take <laughs> us away into this land of exotic mystery? Strap in. Booga <laughs> <laughs> Booga, okay? Is, yeah. It's an online <laughs> multiplayer video game for the Dreamcast. Um, if folks wrong, wrong, back wrong. Using, like, these, uh, <laughs> you're reading the wrong wiki page. <laughs> it did these things. It threw, it threw like shrunken heads and shit like that. Look, I was one of the few people to own a Dreamcast, but you know, I don't think I ever owned. You were, you were. I can vote for that. Yes, yes. The VMU my, <laughs> was supposed to be the fucking next big thing, you know. Um, my son, my son owns the Dreamcast, actually. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> Oh, lucky him, man! It was it was a great system in its time. It just uh, it just had some flaws. Yeah, so, like Ooga, no Ooga, game. Ooga, Ooga, <laughs> 2013. Um, yeah, how do you even like? You know, I, I obviously look. I watched the trailer for this movie. I kind of knew what I was getting into with it. I also know <laughs> that it's a Charles Band movie, so there's only so much I had as far as expectations of quality. But just to give the quick synopsis, like we always do to end the year out, you know. African-American kid gets killed by cops and comes back as a fucking jungle critter fucking rolling around, okay, with a bone in his nose and a fucking spear in his hand. I mean, yeah, there you go. You know, fucking... That's Ooga fucking Booga in a little nutshell, okay? Um, As far as the film itself went... It was pretty much what I expected. I mean, it had plenty of Uga. It had plenty of Booga. And, and everything in the middle of it. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Dean, about Uga Booga. Were you, were you asking me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where, where, where can you start? I mean, look, it's, 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 it's fun. <laughs> It's fun, but <laughs> there, I, I just, I just love that there are that there are uh, creatives uh, out there who sat down 
and developed an idea and that was their idea and were able to see it all the way through uh, to a finished product. Um, sure, there were shades of, you know, other very popular, similar type franchises. Uh, but, I mean, look, I, I say this with a smile. It's, it's a fun uh, it's a fun film, if you want to call it a film even. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> it's a great way. It's a great way to wrap up this fucking crazy-ass year, man. I, I, I had fun watching this one. Maki? All right. Um, after doing research about this movie and stuff like that, finding out that this is not the first appearance of Ooga Booga and that Ooga Booga has actually been in other movies by Full Moon made this even better. Um, but yeah, yeah. Movies? But also, I knew he was in one, but I didn't know that until after I saw this one. So, okay, I'm looking forward okay. to what the other yeah. films are. Uh, okay, but yeah, um, this movie had a message that really, really needed to be said today. I mean, this movie brought everything that's going on in the media and just, especially in the United States. This movie had the balls to actually address an issue that's been going on, you know, for a long time now, and it needs to be addressed. It has to be addressed. What the abuse of dolls? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going um, for. Yeah, and both problem. Yeah, but that being said, She's should Full blood. Moon should Full Moon have been the one? As making that movie, addressing that issue? Oh, fuck no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, yeah, they took this and ran with it, and they did everything they could, saying, okay, we're going to say a whole bunch of stuff that you were, you're not supposed to say, but we're going to say that we're saying it so that you know that you're not supposed to be saying it because there's Stacy Keach. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, full moon doing full on stoner horror at its finest with no holds barred, with no apologies whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> yeah. King, <laughs> what did you think of this movie? Yeah, I went through a wide range of emotions while watching it from what the fuck am I watching to why am I watching this to what this is the wrong movie for this message, but I'll go with it anyway. Um, You know, it's a a fun feature, so you know you're not going to get good acting. You know, you might get some cool deaths, which this movie lacked. You know, it's not like a puppet master in the later years where they were just coming up with creative deaths. You know, it was just a, a very poorly acted movie where Karen Black and Stacey Keats show up, you know, and I'm like, hey, familiar faces. You know, a lot of trilogy of terror homages, obviously, with the Ooga Booga doll and uh, Karen Black's character, Mrs. Allardyce, which is also a reference to Burn Offerings from 1977, yeah. which is the scene that Karen Black was taken care of, Mrs. Allardyce. Great Oliver Reed movie. Um, but this movie was so fucking absurd. I was like, it, it makes black exploitation movies of the seventies look like fucking Oscar award winning pictures. Like hell, black scenes are super fly. Like these are fucking award winning movies compared to Ooga Booga. But I will say, this goes to show everybody out there listening, to everybody out there who's ever seen Ooga Booga, you can do it. If somebody <laughs> could fucking sit down and write a script called Ooga Booga, give it to Full Moon Features and say, let's make this, and they say yes. <laughs> 
You too <laughs> can live out your dreams of glory. All you have to do is just give it the full moon. They will make it. Doesn't matter how silly, doesn't matter how absurd, they're gonna make it and they're gonna make it cheap and they're gonna make it fun. So are they like the new are they like the West Coast version of trauma? I would say so. No, we'll rent yeah, trauma. I think trauma's a little bit easier. Yeah, it's just because we brought this up before that full moon will make anything, man. Because uh, wasn't full moon the one behind uh, Corona zombies? Yep. Yeah. They yeah. Had that <laughs> so, yeah. So you know, we brought it up that yeah, <laughs> full moon will put out anything. They don't fucking care. I wonder if maybe they're like Image Comics, where if you put up the money, they'll sit there and be like, okay, yeah, you're on, you're under our brand now. <laughs> But that's the thing. Like, I don't mind that, you know. And and okay, so okay. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna delve into the film as, as best we can, as much as you can for a movie like this. <laughs> so if I can, I'm just gonna frame something here real quick as well. I didn't watch this movie alone. Um, I ended up watching this film. Okay, with a, of of all people, I ended up watching this movie with my mother, uh, who happened to be oh. at my house last night. Um, and fun. And, How'd that go? It made for an interest. It made for a really interesting way of viewing this film because here, my mom, I didn't give her any idea of what the movie was about. I didn't let her know that it, like, she knew I needed to watch it for the show, but I still don't think she exactly understands like what it is that we do on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, like, you know, like, I didn't even, like, give her an idea of what the premise was. I gave her no explanation. All I was like, yeah, I got to watch a movie called Ooga Booga. And she was like, Ooga Booga. And I was like, yeah, Ooga Booga. And I just kind of left it at that. So I put on the film, and here, you know, we go through our, our, our beginning sequences and everything. And as we enter the, the, the point in which the, the store clerk, you know, gets shot, you know, like, my mom is all in. To this movie at this point. Now, granted, like, my mother's, like, favorite things to watch are, like, TLC shows and the ID channel. So this level of either gore or, or acting drama is not too far a stretch for her. So, like, when I tell you she, like, <laughs> jumped and gasped when the clerk gets shot, like, it was with, like, oh, my God. And then she was, like, she was all in. She was, like... They're going to end up blaming this poor little black kid. They're going to blame him for this fucking thing because that's what they do. And, like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, wow, like, I understand, like, what I'm watching. I get it. But, like, you know, here she is appreciating this as an actual movie. You know, and that's something I think we're jaded as because of all the shit that we watch. You know, we look at this and we're like, oh, well, look at this. This sucked. That did that. But she actually appreciated this whole fucking film. She watched the whole movie with me. Like, I figured she'd be out by, like, halfway through. You know, she she did not howl with laughter, like, at, at certain parts. You know, she found like, like things funny. But there were parts that, yes, I was absolutely, like, howling with laughter. That being said, though, you know, again, you had said that, like, okay, for one thing here, listen, I watched the trailer. Now, if you watch the trailer for Ooga Booga, you know, you get an idea that, like, the, the kid gets shot by cops. You understand that there's, like, a corruption thing and all this and that. But I can tell you right now, I had no idea that this film was going to approach so much of that with a serious mm -hmm. tone. 
because it does. Yeah. And that surprised me because I was really expecting this film to kind of be over the top in a black exploitation way that was going to be humorous yeah. the whole way through. So I was kind of even shocked in, in a lot of ways. And it, it almost made me feel, I guess, maybe, maybe it's that whole white guilt that they keep talking about. But, like, it made me feel bad in a way. Like, oh, great. You know, here I go. Now I got to fucking I got to end 2020 a year after we had all the shit that went down the way that it went down here. And, you know, what do I go and pick? A fucking movie like Ooga Booga, okay? And we're approaching these very things. Again, I had no idea that it was taken seriously. So the, the things that they did approach, to sit there and say, you know, well, Red Band shouldn't do it. Well, they shouldn't do it. And, oh, well, they're cheap. They must just, you know, whatever. If you have the money, they'll make the movie, you know, if you give them a script. But that isn't that what we, we want. We want to see that. We want to see all these points of views. We want to see all these perspectives, regardless of whether we agree with them, regardless of whether they're quality or not. You know, hell, they made Wonder Woman 84, didn't they? <laughs> I was just honestly impressed by how this movie fucking starts with the Hambo show, and I was like 10 minutes in, and I was like, wait, is this the right movie? Like, am I, am I watching, like, I thought this was about a killer black doll. Why is there this drunk on the show and this hot redheaded side chick, you know, his co-host? I was like, where's the Ooga Booga thing gonna come in? And then it's like, oh, wait, they're gonna connect with Dr. Devin. He was a big fan of Hambo, and Hambo's retiring, and he needs a liver, and he's like, here, here's all my racist dolls, and here's the big one for you, Booga Booga, with the joint hanging out of its mouth and the spear. It's kind of cool, right? And I was like, wow, they really tied that character into the plot. Good job, guys. I was impressed. I was like, wow, it actually makes sense. This is why we yeah, get Booga and- Booga. And then, to the Dean's pleasure, it threw me off that Hambo apparently is a character that shows up in several other movies by the same studio that tie into the Evil Bong universe as well. Apparently, Hambo oh, has go. been around has been around in like six of the other movies, including several of the Evil Bong or Ginger Dead movies. I'm gonna have to. I'm really gonna have to start watching all of these fucking movies, aren't I? <laughs> Just because I, I can't. I can't come into the, the middle and not get all of these other connections. You know what I mean? Like you're saying this, and I'm like, oh, fuck, now i got to see what this guy's thing is. Like, I, like I said, <laughs> I just found out tonight when I decided prior to the show to finally like try to look up the wiki on Ooga Booga, and I see that you know, Doll mm-hmm. Graveyard comes up. You know, and it's like some 2005 film that has four dolls possessed by the spirit of a young girl, and fucking Ooga Booga's in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy really gets around. <laughs> The origin story of the the horrible features of the Earth. Yeah, <laughs> but this is the Winter Soldier of the Dark Golden Feature Team. Yeah, you know. Would this be the Black Panther of the of the Marvel Universe? <laughs> but, but Wakanda forever. But, <laughs> but yeah, Ham, Hambo has been in uh, Zombies vs. Strippers, Ooga Booga. Evil Bong, Evil Bong 420, and Evil Bong High Five. <laughs> Evil Bong Five. Now they're just getting lazy with their titles. Now they're losing me a little bit. Dude, Evil Bong like Evil Bong Six Six Six. It's like Evil Bong. It's like seven or eight Evil Bongs at this point, man. I still haven't even made it through the whole. I haven't whole even thing. made it past the first one yet. <laughs> and it's yeah, but. Yeah, the message about, like, systemic racism and Officer White, aptly named Officer White, 
you know, killing Devin in the store. Then you get the weird child's play transference of doll yeah. to Devin because of the sorcery machine. Yeah. It's one of the things where you get that. You, you don't want none of that voodoo from the sorcery machine. Uh, the raspberry but it's better than voodoo, <laughs> which is what we got with fucking, you know what I mean? That's what we got with the original Child's Play. And we accepted it. You know, some yeah. random scraggly looking bum of a white dude goes into a toy store, recites a bunch of fucking voodoo, and we're like, holy you need shit. The power I'm you. <laughs> yeah. This is just a transference of power. But it's again, you get Ooga Booga now, you know, in the body, you know, Devin's in the body of Ooga Booga, running out the spear. He's able to smoke a lot now, revealing himself to his girlfriend, Donna. And then the movie just swerves <laughs> off, and they're like, we're just going to have these three guys from the store, you know, rape Donna. And then we're going to have another story where Stacey Keach has a racist judge who clears the two cops in the shooting. And then it's like a whole other movie all of a sudden, where you're just following around this cop investigating these three drug dealers and why they're not making enough money and why they're not pushing hookers and blow. And I was like, wow. Okay. We were just talking about a killer doll a few seconds ago, but now we're in like cops, you know, meth land mm. for a good okay, well, five minutes. That being said, ahead, I'd Marty, like to really sit there and t- uh, I just wanted to reiterate uh, here real quick while we're talking about cops and the whole, you know, busting down on the meth lab and whatnot. I just want to say I really, really enjoyed that scene. I really enjoyed that scene. It was my favorite part of the entire movie just because of theory. Yeah. Uh, who took her? Yeah, and I went and did a lot of research on her. <laughs> a lot of research on her. Yeah. Okay, when because when Is I she think, on those I, I like websites take... that you like, look <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Because when I say I like the girls, oh my god, oh my god, it's just I was just, yeah, yeah, I was just like herpes and all, huh? Yeah, yeah, herpes and all, like them there. It, it it was gonna clear up in a couple of days. What are you talking about? That's what they said. <laughs> mm-hmm. She had good stage direction for those scenes. Just scratch yourself a lot and just kind of look off yeah. in your face. Yeah. Just act like you're kind of like Catwoman. That she was doing while she was tweaking out was hysterical. Dude, my mom was fucking <laughs> – she was dying at that. She was like, oh, she, she's definitely on something. <laughs> <laughs> it was just great direction for, yeah, that Siri doll. She transitioned over to, to milk porn. And in just past couple of years, but she's only born in 1988, so way too young to be doing the MILF one, but she's in that now because porn industry lays you down hard. To be a mom, like to be a MILF. You got to. You got, at least you got to look the part. The Siri doll still doesn't look the part, but um, she does good here. Uh, yeah, I like the fact that after Donna uh, is viciously attacked by the three guys that shot Devin and raped, when she goes home and takes a shower, you got Ooga Booga in the background just fucking slapping hands, watching her shower. Shay on the way, man. The one thing is, like, like you, you bring up the rape sequence. You did get that she allowed it. She was going for it yeah. to get the keys. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, a, and that's another thing going. about this is just how – demented it's this whole storyline is where she's willing to put it into a gangbang just so that she can hopefully get something that a lead of some kind so that she can find her boyfriend's killer 
want to stay with and, the wrong and guy. Help, yeah. And help him and get he's revenge. a doll. Like, how couldn't she just... Like, if she knew where they were, why did you have to let them rape you to get the yeah. keys? Why wouldn't you have just figured out a way to, like, follow them back to wherever they lived? And then yeah. he's a fucking voodoo or whatever, a jungle doll, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I don't even know what you call that kind of thing. Ooga Booga. He's an Ooga Booga doll. Like a doll. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, why would you call her yeah, anything else? Yeah, this entire scene, like I really had a, tr- a lot of trouble with, just because you got you guys know I always have trouble with rape scenes, and it, to me it was like she was willing to put herself. Get your heart. Did you ever see heart. Irreversible? Or spread it no, in not yet. <laughs> Good luck with that one, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> bad one. But I, yeah, but I'm just saying that she put herself in this position, like the ghoul was saying, she volunteered to put herself in this position when. You know, she's a smart girl. Like, she could have done so many other things than this. And, like, again, I'm just trying to figure out if the movie was try- just trying to do this just to try and be a little bit edgier instead of, I like, the goal say, write, write her smarter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to be edgier. You know, this uh, full moon movie. It's just, it, it seems out of place with the character. It seems kind of weird. I, I, I get a couple of myself with rape scenes. I don't like them. You know, and yes, I have seen Irreversible, and yeah, wow. Yeah, Dean, you're right. But it's just well, well, no, okay, whole well, thing, You know what? I kind of get where the monkey is going with that, because you know what? You know, if you yeah. look back, okay, let's like, see, let's take a, a look into a little bit of, like, African-American history here. Like, back when, even when they were slaves, right? Here, you know, you had all of these, these white plantation owners and all of these white folk that are owning these people, you know, because essentially they're considering them not human beings. They're less than a human, which is why they can own them. And as such yet, they still would constantly fornicate with them on a regular basis and not just, you know, consensual sex. No, they owned them. So as such, they would take the ones that they wanted when they wanted and would just do it. So here you are, you're looking at this person, well, this, for you, this thing, but yet at the same time, you're like, yeah, well, I'm going to stick my thing in that thing because I own it. So I feel like he's not wrong when he says like certain things were done in this film as a means of kind of of showing that weird dichotomy of like, you know, how you have these the haves, the have nots. And, and again, a very, a very fine line of this whole white versus black thing that goes on through this whole film. And they do bring that up, too, uh, towards uh, the, the end with Officer White, where they were talking about the pigs and the pig farms and how it was actually Donna's family that owned it, you know, so it's not like they were owned on the farm <laughs> and actually owned it. You know, kind of a, a final fuck you to him, as we'll get to. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> Karen Black at the, the Monk Farm, Park. this is – it has to be one of her last, if not final film, because she died in August. Easily. This movie. Well, this was this was no. uh, yeah. This I think was done. Um, yeah, she she definitely yes, she was dead. Uh, she was dead by the time yeah. she died in 2010. So this was definitely one of her last roles. Yeah, But yes, yeah, this was definitely one of her last roles. Is, is what I meant with it. I, I, yeah. I forget what I looked up and saw, but it said it. There was even there's even a scene yeah. in the film that I wondered if it was mm-hmm. something that they just didn't edit out because she mutters under her breath. She goes, damn cancer, which just seemed to yeah. come out of like exactly. nowhere, you know, which was like, what, what, like, why? Like, where did that come from? But then after reading it up, it was like, wow, I wonder if she was just pissed off about something that she couldn't do in the scene 
And she said it and yeah. they just kept it because it was like, you know, because honestly, she is out of this entire film, you can see she is the best trained professional actress yes. of this entire movie. This is a collection of thespians right there, man. That's a that's a bold statement to make, let's be real. Blow me. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm, 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 I'm with you, Gould. Stacey Keats ain't no holdover, man. He's not, well, he's, he's not okay. doing what she's doing, though. She's she's acting out a scene and putting her all into it. You just you feel the difference yeah. when she's on screen in here, you know? Like, there's just a presence there. Stacey Keach, you know, like even my mom recognized her. She's like, oh, is that Mike Hammer or whatever whatever role that he played? And I'm thinking the freaking back in yeah. Up in Smoke, you know, Cheech and Chong days and shit. Uh, well, yeah. And for and for me, Stacey Keach, I always go back to um, Titus, just because he was awesome as the dad on that mm-hmm. show. But but again, when you sit there and hire Stacey Keach, you're getting Stacey Keach. Google, like you're saying, yeah. Karen Black, she went into this role of crazy TV lady where she never forgot a face. You know, she was going mm-hmm. into that character. She wasn't playing Stacey Keach being Stacey Keach, you know, to she have a name playing- in the movie. Any number of trailer park old women that I've been in their homes a number of times, and uh, and yes, they are quite peculiar to say the least. Yeah, man, the ghoul gets in there and then services the heaters. <laughs> well, well, you know, <laughs> those ducks aren't going to blow themselves out. No, they're not. But, <laughs> neither is my. Yeah, it's great to see her in the, the scenes, especially when Uga Booga starts attacking her. And she jumps up on top of the couch and starts hitting that stick onto the couch because that's a direct reference to Trilogy of Terror. At the end of that film, when she becomes possessed by the Zuni doll, she's doing the exact same thing. She's crouched on the floor and she's banging on the floor with this spear. And I was like, they even brought that up. That's so fucking cool. Like, if you've seen that, you know it. If you don't, you're like, what the hell is she doing that? But it was such a great, like, this is obviously inspired by Trilogy of Terror, that final story with the evil Zuni doll. You know, right. Even with it's turning red, but it was just great to see her out with the TV people and knowing faces and just to me it was just kind of like Mama Firefly all over again in House of Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. I just I thought she was the highlight of that movie whenever she showed up in those scenes and she did the same thing here. Any time, like I know she was uh, she what was an Academy nominee in 1970, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, and I know for Easy Rider, but you know, like I don't know, like I, I don't think of her in those roles. Every time I think of her, I always think of her as just that like crazy, out of her mind, Mama Firefly type of, of character. <laughs> she was the one. I mean, Wesley Easterbrook was great in Rejects, uh, but Karen Black really was the one. Like I said, Easterbrook did a great job, but just wasn't Karen Black level crazy. That. Yeah, she brought to that role. But, uh, with that, Easterbrook, you know, what, Easterbrook did do a good job, though. She did the scene in the jail. You know, when she was in, uh, when they were questioning her, that was pretty damn good, man. I'm not saying that. I'm not knocking her and saying, I'm saying that to me, Karen just had something a little extra, a little extra panache on that character. Easterbrook couldn't quite get. He did great. Don't get me wrong, but. Something about Karen Black, you know, where she just really nailed the sweet product. You know, this is great, but I don't know. I just think that that table scene, House of Incorporated, 
But all of a sudden, she just pulls out that pistol and blows. Look, he's slapping ham like fucking uh, Ooga Booga. Huh? He's just loving this black dog. Oh, yeah. Tell me more about Mama Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about how she likes it dirty. Take it easy, Monkey. Sorry, Monkey. This is your time, then. No, no. That was one of the things she nailed, though, in, excuse me, uh, corpses was, her her role as Mom Firefly just made me so uncomfortable. Just yes, like she she just nailed it. Of just like of all the family members, just like she's the one that just brought the eerie on, and she just made me feel really really uncomfortable out of all the family members. And in this movie, she has the best appliance effect when Ooga Booga stabs out her eye. You know, he rips it out and puts it on the table, and then she falls back. And I was like, look at that! That's a great appliance. Work. This is probably the one thing that I did really expect more of, which was the gore. Like I was expecting yeah. kind of a, a, a bit more of an over the top, like let's get gory. And again, for us, yes, this is all very tame, very mild. My mother was like horrified. Okay. She was like, Oh my God, what is he doing to her eye? <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, because it's, it's, because it's full moon and we've seen Puppet Master, you know, Littlest Rake, you know, I, I too was expecting a lot of over-the-top, you know, gory fun kills, and it, it, it wasn't that, you know, this movie was definitely more of a social piece than anything else. Very light on the gore, yeah. Even when kind of goes to the, the trailer, the skis' trailer, <clears throat> pretending that she wants to be the hooker. And, you know, show off for him. She's like, oh, you got one thing you got to prepare. And, and uh, Uga's not coming back out that way. <laughs> Once he pops up, except for uh, the leader of the group, Steve, little fucking bombs that fell on his head. Like, I couldn't figure out what the hell that was that fell on his head. No, I think like being a, a trailer park, off. I think that's one of those, like, uh, kerosene eaters or whatever it is. Okay, I, could, I, I couldn't figure tell either. I I, th- I thought it was yeah, supposed to be like, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be, you know, <clears throat> just a big ass bong or something like that too, King. But I was like, why the fuck is it burning the hell out of them? I I couldn't figure it out either. But yeah, <laughs> nice call, there, ghoul. Yeah, it's just it was such a quick thing of her pulling out that gun and just shooting everybody. And I was like, okay, well, they're dead, except for Siri who runs out of the room. Well, she doesn't run; she walks. Like I had to rewind that because I'm not down. She doesn't run. She just kind of does this half-job walk out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, after doing my research on Siri, I uh, found out, like, she's not the best actress, but she's really nice to look at. Still up on adult time. She's got equality, yeah, she, quality scenes on pure taboo. Yeah, she's she's not a great she's not a great actress um, for what she does, but she is fun to look at a lot. I really really I'm enjoy. Sure you <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. by, okay, so I mean, hold on, let's 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 really get into the depth of this. This this what you're saying is not a great actress. By not a great actress, do you mean like her performance as far as the the lead up to the scene is poor, or do you mean the actual performance within the scene is poor? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> I thought he was talking about watching her get fucked. 
That's what okay, I'm so, <laughs> so, so she does not sell her orgasmic pleasure very well. Mm, no. She, she uh, smiles a lot. Does she look nice and clean in her, in her regions, or is it like sloppy coal cuts <laughs> down there? Let's see here. Early on, it was nice camel toe. Then when you sit there and watch it later on, it's a little. It goes a little bit into the cold cut territory, just because that's when she started going into the double penetration. Oh, so it looks like it's an abysmal mouth. (laughs) So so now, was there any gaping involved? Like, would you have been able to play quarters? What a question! He doesn't know. No, no, no. No, no, <laughs> there's none of that. That being said, though, since this movie has come out now, where what she's doing, she actually has tightened up a little bit. She she's actually tightened up her stomach area. Uh, she she has been working out, so um, she has a nice little uh, pouch with a six pack backed up behind it. So she, you know, she has tightened up uh, uh, around the hip area. So. While I'm upset to see that she's lost some weight, at the same time she has tightened up a little bit, not too much, just enough to get put her back into curvy, as opposed as opposed to plus size. Okay, so now final wow. question: Was she, was she cream pied or was it a facial? She did both. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yay. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a performer right there. She can't do but she can do Thank you, Monkey, for that in-depth discussion of Three Doll's career in pornography. Hey, I told you I did my research on this one, man. <laughs> Your arms are going to see them. Hey, I'm actually, I might actually, like, for once, feel like one of the guys now. I actually have information about one of the porn stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not just information, but in-depth information, even more than I go into. Like, I'll talk about it, but, man, you're, yeah, you know, she's got a little six-pack, little pouch, a little thick in the hips, you know, the way I like it. And she did both cream pie and facials. Check her out, guys. Three thumbs up. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And I, moving I, on. It's three, it's, it's three thumbs deep. That, that's how you got to go with it. <laughs> because the, because yeah. because despite uh, despite everything we talked about with this movie, we have not actually talked about the evil that is behind all this entire movie, and we have not once actually talked about Judge Marks. What's to talk about? He's just a fucking racist asshole. <laughs> 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 talk about Using his powerful <laughs> evil, alcohol and cigars, and being racist. Yes, but. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like this is where turn I felt like I, I. This is where I felt like I was like with the ghoul about I was fucking rolling every line that he fucking dropped. And it was just Stacy Keach just fucking dropping, it, dropping it shit like you wouldn't fucking like. <laughs> well, like that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like you gotta figure, okay. Obviously, they're gonna—they're given the script. They know what they need to do for the film, right? So it's, it's a matter of like context and whatnot, you know. So, so Stacy Keach here, you know, reads the script to this film, understands what it is that he needs to do, and as do the other actors who have to like under their their breath multiple times, just mutter racist slurs, just because. 
And, like, that, I feel like, in a lot of ways, is, like, one of the problems. Like, Officer White, yes, you know, I guess at times he feels like enough of a racist dick. But, like, none of the other yeah. actors in this film do I ever really feel sell their, their racist angle. You know, as far as yeah. like their, their level of actual, like, racism and hatred. You know, Hambo comes, and I think it's what he's supposed to do, he comes off as having that, like, relative that's just unintentionally racist. Like, he's just so <laughs> dumb that he does, doesn't even know it anymore, you know? Like, he's going on about, like, his Asian doll and, you know, making fun of the buck teeth and all this and that, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I totally got that vibe. Like, he doesn't mean to be racist. He just kind of is, and he thinks it's funny. Nobody else is laughing, but he's on his like fucking twelve beer. And you're like, let's just let him go. Like he's he's gonna pop obviously it, it got po- it got mm. popular considering how mm. much money's made by the end. <clears throat> yeah, it's like because I, I can't tell you how many how many family functions I've gone to where it's like you know people come up to me and say, oh you're from the south and you have a shaved head. Let me come over here and I can tell you racist jokes comfortably. And it's like no good. It's not a fucking social statement. It's like it's because I'm fucking bald. All right. If, because I'm from the South, doesn't mean I'm fucking racist. Here, let me pull out a photo album. Let let me open up my wallet here and show you all my black nieces and nephews. Okay? It's like, jeez. Now go like you're, the fuck I away. thought you were trying to pattern yourself after Cole Hauser in Higher Learning. You know. That's what I thought. Now I'm kind of hi. I just thought it was a nerdy that's funny because everyone usually thinks of Stacey Keach with history. Uh, history. Um, what is it? American History X. I mean, it's just, the best reveal in this movie is when they go to the other officer's house that was with Officer White when he killed Devin. Officer like, Benny. Oh, you're just a racist asshole. You didn't stop the murder. You didn't stop doing anything. He goes, oh, if I told if I told on Officer White, you know, it'd be a snitch and he'd kill me. He's like, but guess what, guys? Check out this picture. Me and my wife, she's black, and I got black kids. I'm not a racist. It's like, oh, okay. Took a weird turn there, movie. Like, by the way, yeah. no, because I have a black wife and black kids, so get the fuck out of here, Ooga Booga. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, movie. So let's just exit out of that character. Yeah, they're, they're like, all right, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> play on, play yeah. We're going to get out of here. Cause I'll see you in the show. Well, speaking of getting out of here, I know we're like we're we're nearing that end point anyway. Uh, yeah, we have a couple minutes left for the show, but uh, oh, you know, more than anything else in this film, and again, like uh, like I said, there there were points of this that I enjoyed, there were points that I didn't. But did you guys stay and watch the mid credit sequence that occurred? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm we have 10 minutes I'm pulling it up right now I'm pulling it up on my shutter app on the phone right now so uh, keep talking okay. the, the, the two okay. of you guys talk about something because I was on my Tubi app I mean hmm. come on Tubi boy no, it's, it's cool because we're wrapping it up and yeah King like you said okay they're going around they, they wrap it up they sit there and take care of Officer White <laughs> again you know, aptly named. But no, they realize that they have to sit there and wrap things up because they realize that it's, you know, after Officer White goes, no, it's not just me. <laughs> no, it's Judge Marks. And they're like, oh, okay. So, yeah, they go after Judge Marks as well. Should have been Judge Hawkins. Another 
as you know, as, and I love, this is what makes me think that Stacey Keach never got a fucking script for this movie. They just paid him in cigars and, and alcohol and just said, just show up. Because he's like, what are you doing here? Black doll? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's afraid to you? I'm like, yeah, he, he's drunk. And they, they, they didn't give him a script. He's just ad no, the entire time. No, 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 no. That's one of those in which they gave him the script. But he was only doing one reading here. He was not going <laughs> to do this again. He was literally going to read it oh, that he, one he, time, and he's like, that's it, guys. He's one like, you know, it's fucking one and done. One <laughs> Are you talking? One All right, so as I scroll the credits here, sorry to, to just cut in, but as I scroll the credits here, right, I'm seeing imagery of all the dolls. And then, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking in 10-second bits, but like, Yes, at the end of the credits, Ooga Booga comes by and like stamps the, uh, you know, the uh, full moon, the full moon number. But is there something else I'm missing? Yeah. Yeah. It's at the the beginning of the credits. It's like at the beginning of the credit sequence. Like you'll get a couple of seconds of credits and then it cuts to a scene. All right, let's see. Yeah, so it's kind of like a Marvel movie. Just. So yes, yeah, yeah, the end of, of Keith. So she's Once talking to him, right? She's talking to him, mm-hmm. and yeah. she gives him a kiss. She gives him a kiss. Do you have All right, and the body first thing from credits. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, okay. And we pause for the dean to catch up because he didn't realize. <laughs> so it's true. Ending. The crew is <laughs> the first part, and I see this, this the first doll like a. Okay, right, the dean must have a... they're, chanting, they're chanting Ooga Booga. Okay, maybe the dean has a different cut. Okay. I'm we're running out of time. Movie. Cool. Would you like to do a spot before we run out of time? <laughs> a spot of what? Man? All right, whatever. That's Apparently, I, I don't have it. Oh, that's, oh, that's, oh well. Boo-hoo. Uh, okay, so no, my point is anyway for that real quick thing. So since you're missing it, okay. Why didn't they have him talking like that in the entire film? There's a scene in which she's sitting there with Ooga Booga, and she's talking to the doll. But instead of the doll... Oh, yeah, no, I got it, 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 I got it right now. Well, see, now we fucking find it. From that time I'll ever see you? Yeah, he just screams like Screaming Jay Hawkins throughout the entire movie. And this is... And this but is how now, fucking terror ends their episode of the year, is the way they usually but, begin it. 100% professional. 100% of course. Yeah. So, so, like, instead of having him grunt throughout the whole film, they needed to have him talking like this the whole time. That would yeah. have been fucking hilarious. Some of his Ooga Booga moments are, like, having him actually speak was great, man, because with the, I was dying during that fucking sequence right there. What he's like... <laughs> You baby? Oh, yeah, baby, damn, baby. Uh, yeah, it was so great, so funny. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, so as we're close to the next next week is your pick for 2021. Uh, January, what do you and, you know, pick to, of the year, motherfucker. You know, to the, yes, the first pick of the year, I'm kicking it off <laughs> with, with the classics, of course. Uh, the, uh, if you want the, the talking, you should, you should all, if you haven't seen it, you should all check out Black Devil Doll. Um, but anyway, uh, for next week's show, uh, our very first edition uh, for 2021, uh, we are going back to uh, 1995. Uh, you can find this film 
on Tubi. It is on Tubi. It might, I think it's on Prime too, but it's definitely on Tubi. Uh, 1995 uh, director director uh, Anders Jacobson uh, has has sent us into the world uh, his his film uh, from Sweden, uh, Evil Ed. Evil Ed from 1995. Oh, about the killer editor. Very nice. Good one. I like that. Actually, I had a copy of that okay. years ago. We're talking about that. <laughs> All right. So, Dean, we'll see you back here next week for your first 21 Evil Ed. So, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Sign yourself off, thank Monkey. You. All right. Thanks for listening to the very last episode of this year's edition of Talking Terror. Thanks for letting us come in your ear. Good night, everybody. All right. Will, if you hit us with a plug as we close out our last episode of 2020. All right. So, so you know what? I'll make the plug fairly quick. You know, go on to Etsy. If you put in the search bar, all one word, bonfire bead designs, you're going to find all kinds of gemstone jewelry, uh, charms, necklaces, all kinds of pendants, uh, natural stones, all kinds of cool stuff. You know, the ghoul girl who sponsors the show, she works her ass off to, to make all of this jewelry. And yes, I do sleep with her. So I, I get extra paid to say this kind of stuff. Um, oh yeah. You know, but the, Currency. Uh, the, the fact is, is a lot of it is Currency. work and it's, it's well, well worth it. You know, get on there, buy something for your significant other. Valentine's day is around yeah. the corner. You know, we're, we're about to enter 2021. So yeah, you have two months, not even, you have a month, month and two weeks till, till Valentine's Day, V-Day, okay? You know what V-Day also means? Vagina Day, not just Veterans Day, Vagina. And if you want to get into that vagina, you're going to get into Etsy, get into Bonfire Bead Designs, and buy some shit. Besides that, what he's saying is true. Pleasure. It's been a pleasure going through this nightmare year that's been 2020 with all of you. You know, we've had a lot yes. of laughs. We've had a lot of fucking stresses and nightmares and all kinds of shit going on. We've dealt with elections. We've dealt with disease. We've dealt with bad movies. Wonder Woman so many before. things. Um, so many things. So, so many things. But again, I would not want to do it with anybody else. You know, I love all, all three of you, and I am looking forward to going into the next year and, uh, and viewing some more of these fucking films. Well said, brother. <laughs> so stay scared. He was a man of a man of many words, and he said them all. Thank you so much, everybody listening out there on Spotify, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you to my co-hosts for making it through this year with me as well. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, and we'll see you all back in 2021. Talking terror, bigger, badder, and better than ever. Happy New Year's, everybody.